Hello and welcome to another episode of the TCT podcast. TCT is a network of local churches scattered around the country and even some international partnerships. And we exist to treasure Christ together. We do that by especially trying to serve pastors and their wives and supporting local churches to start new Christ treasuring churches. You can find out more about TCT at tctnetwork.org. And today I'm joined by my brother, Ryan Eagy. And Ryan, before you before you introduce yourself, maybe everybody who taps into this would know the answer, but we're going to give them a little, a little quiz and see if they can figure out where you are if they don't already know based on this question. It's 3.15 p.m. right now for me. What time of day is it for you? It is 2.15 p.m. for me. Okay, so for those who don't know Ryan or don't know where the Lord has him living and serving, um, maybe you could guess which direction he is. And if you guessed that he is east of me, you're wrong. Ryan, where are you, brother? I am in Boise, Idaho currently, not experiencing the rain that you're experiencing, but it is a fantastic place to be right now. Amen. Amen. Good. Well, brother, thanks for carving out a little time. I'm looking forward to the theme, which I'll intro in just a moment. But before we do that, tell the folks just a little about yourself. In fact, tell them a lot. Let's get your life story in seven bullet points. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Jordan. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, by God's grace, I was raised in a Christian household and was saved before I really can have many memories. I remember being a five-year-old sitting in a pew in a Nazarene church when they did the consistent altar call that Nazarenes like to do and going, oh, well, I already believe, so I don't need to go up. And that was just kind of a lot of God's story that he brought me to himself and in Providence and through my family and through the church and really built in me a love and a desire and a passion for the gospel and for the church and what the church does in equipping and encouraging people. And so that's been a lot of my life, being a part of ministry from uh, junior high and senior high age, working on a church staff as soon as I was in college. And then God had so many different twists and turns, uh, worked in different businesses, owned our own business, and uh, was just blessed to be able to be a part of lay leadership from being deacons to being an elder in different churches. Spent, mm-hmm. spent four years in Minneapolis from 2013 to 2017 at Bethlehem College and Seminary and was blessed to be able to work uh, part-time for Bethlehem Baptist Church during that season. And then in the end of our time there in 2017, we came back to Boise, which is home for both my wife and myself, and uh, had a chance to plant Table Rock Church. Uh, we were able to plant it with some brothers and sisters here who we had known previously. We were able to partner with churches that we had the chance to get to know and love um, from our years of growing up here and, and being a part of the mm-hmm. gospel min- ministry here. And uh, so it's been, a, it's been a sweet journey to be where we're at today. We're now, for us, three years on the ground of, of a church plant, two years since our formal um, starting up of Table Rock Church. And it's mm. just been a sweet blessing. I've got five children, um, ranging in ages from 15 and a half down to nine and a half. And so we had, we had a five-year period there where we said, praise God about every year for a new little kid coming on board. <laughs> and uh, it's been a fantastic ride. They've been with us through our, our moves across the country and back again. And so it's just been a really Amen. sweet thing to see God working. Praise God. How could folks find Table Rock Church online? It is really easy. It's just tablerock.church. Fantastic. Yeah, brother. Um, and then what's the the kind of surrounding area of Boise yeah. that what's the, 
what's that designation called? So the, the greater Boise area is called the Treasure Valley. Um, the, the metro area here is about 700,000 people and growing exponentially. Um, mm-hmm. Most forecasts say that in the next 10 to 20 years, you know, our growth pattern is going to be very similar to sort of a Denver, Colorado and Austin, Texas um, people are moving here wow. very quickly, even in the midst of the COVID crisis. Um, it, housing market is just exploding, has been growing. Um, Boise City proper is about 250,000 people. Um, and it is a place that uh, is comparative to cities like Portland or Seattle as far as the amount of gospel influence. Um, churches, by and large, have moved out of the city center over the years and found yep. themselves in the suburbs with much larger buildings and facilities to, to be able to do sort of the mega church model. And that has left the city core fairly devoid of gospel presence. And so that was our heart in coming back to Boise was to say we want to see the city reach for the sake of the gospel. We believe that it's a strategic area, especially in the northwest. Um, Our position close to big cities like Utah and Portland and Seattle gives such a small area a very outsized influence. We Mm. we have we have companies like Microsoft and Google and stuff that have satellite offices here because of the quality of life that their employees find here, um, but also because of the cost of living so far has been relatively better than a lot of West Coast cities, um, which, yeah. which gives us kind of feelers into all those other areas. So by God's grace, we pray that it would be a strategic place to continue to grow the body of Christ and continue to proclaim the name of Jesus. Amen. How close are you to the blue turf? I can walk to the blue turf. No yeah, way. No, I can. It's right down the hill from my house. And most of us have this the part of town we've landed in. And so we, we go down to Boise State Games, man. Those are big deals here. So it's, it's guarantee it. It's all we got going. So we yeah. go down. Back when you guys were doing uh, Statue of Liberty beating Oklahoma. Oh, okay, right. See, that'll get everyone to take notice of your small little college, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, That's man. great, bro. Okay. Well, thanks for the intro and praise yeah. God for the work that he's entrusted to you. Well, the theme that I'd like for us to discuss today is cultivating partnerships with other local churches in our city or region. And I've noticed that this is something that the Lord has used various TCT churches and pastors to do around the country. I know it's something that's on your heart, Ryan, and on my heart as well, which is why we're discussing it. But uh, before I turn a question to you, I just want to highlight that um, I'm sure I'll leave somebody out, but there are brothers like Nathan Knight in Washington, D.C., who gathers pastors periodically for the purpose of gospel encouragement, but also gospel advance to try to strategize and pray about planting churches together. I know uh, Justin Perry down in the Tampa area, along with Drew Tucker, doing something similar. Uh, Kenny Stokes for years, probably during your days up at Bethlehem, was he seems to always be gathering pastors mm-hmm. for the purpose of just trying to get a pulse of what the Lord's doing, but also try to push the accelerator toward church planting there in the Twin Cities. I know uh, Jonathan Parnell now has some assignments with the SBC in the Twin Cities doing a similar thing here in Memphis. We've been going for eight years with a little regional network of brothers. And none of those that I've just mentioned, and I'm sure there are others I've inadvertently left out, none of those are officially TCT themes. It's just you're a pastor, you have a heart for your city, so you're building relationships with other churches. But here's my first question for you, brother. You are a busy man. Uh, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a pastor. I think you mentioned that you've had your hand in some business things. So why pour so much energy or time into trying to encourage a network or whatever you want to call it of pastors of other local churches in your area with whom you meet regularly? Why do that? 
Yeah, that's a good question. You know, one of the things we didn't know when we left Boise and then God eventually called us to come back and church plant here was how important the relationships that he had already fostered over years of living here would become. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we had a very unique experience where coming back to Boise, we had a good dozen churches, you know, brothers and sisters and friends who either had been sent there as um, just God willed and moving people around to different churches or were actually pastors in ministry in these different locations. And in coming back, we were able to reach out to these different uh, churches and different brothers and sisters and be able to say, could you support us and help us? And it lent it from the very beginning of Table Rock's establishment, this realization that the body of Christ was bigger than just what we were doing. And mm-hmm. that God was already on the move doing his thing here in Boise, Idaho. And all we were doing was coming out to partner with him, partner with the saints that were already at work for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it really made real sort of Paul's, uh, Paul's statement to the Philippians at the very beginning of Philippians when he talks about his joy because of their partnership in the gospel. And we got to be really the recipients of that relationship before yeah. we even considered how could we bring these kind of relationships together purposefully to help do something going forward? Mm. Uh, so that was kind of our sweet introduction to that. And then as, as we landed on the ground and kept talking to people, it became obvious that in one sense, we had a blessing from some of our past experiences, both at Bethlehem with TCT, and then even with the team that we have within our church plant, that we have a mm-hmm. lot of camaraderie, a lot of similar theological bases that we're starting from, and just a, a desire to work together with one another, where there's a lot of pastors locally who don't have that, who yeah. who feel very alone. You know, if they don't have a bigger church and staff, they don't have someone who's really encouraging them and helping them. And so both our experience and then starting to see that realization as we talked and met with people just made us wonder, Lord, how do we do this relationship that happens sort of at a a pastoral level with other churches well and for the sake of encouraging one another? Yeah, brother. Yep. Well, like you, we stumbled right into an embarrassment of riches of a lot of good gospel work that's happening in and around our area for a long time. We certainly weren't the pioneers of the gospel in the Memphis area. And I know from what you just said, you know that you were not the pioneer of the gospel in the Boise and Treasure Valley area. But I give God glory that kind of the old principle of see where God's at work and join him rather than Mm -hmm. asking him to bless your wonderful idea. (laughs) (laughs) That that seems like a faithful principle, but you know, just biblically speaking, there's, it's so easy for us to fall into the trappings of territoriality or Mm -hmm. competitive spirit or the, just the stupid um, covetousness and envy of, of other churches are trying to outdo or one up our brother church down the street. That's just so so dumb and so backwards because kingdom versus empire principle of we're just a laborer in the vineyard of Christ's kingdom. And it's not about building our empire. And I just remember one brother told me long before we got to work uh, here in Memphis with the grace church, but he said, I hear you pray for revival a lot. He said, uh, personal revival in the Lord, just to do a you know, special work of grace in your life. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that you know, for the church that you're part of said, but uh, why not, why not for the churches around you? Mm. And, uh, you know, we want God to work powerfully provided, you know, <laughs> he, fe- he feature us in the process. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so there's a good, uh, a good humbling 
encouraging humbling lesson to be learned in these partnerships. Okay, brother. So let me go to another question. Um, you stumbled into a blessing. You have good relationships there from your history. God's doing some good work in other churches. By his grace, you have partnerships with some of these pastors and other brothers. Do you have a rhythm of gathering with these other folks? Is there some kind of formal way that you do that? Or is it just totally informal and the Lord's just kind to you? Well, you are catching us at the very beginning of this process. So for us, so much of this is new. You know, we, one of the, the riches that we walked into was a, a citywide network that tries to connect a lot of our churches across denominations, across theological beliefs, which has been really helpful at a very, very high level. And that was started by some brothers who were excited about this idea of church planting kind of back in the early to mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, but what they've realized and kind of as we came back, we're kind of in the crisis realization moment was church planting across incredibly broad theological beliefs really doesn't work well. Um, yeah. That that they, they, they had too many disparities in how people thought both methodologically and theologically to do things. And they were starting to say, how do we do this better? And so as we landed, one of our comments was, how do you think about tribes? How are you thinking about these smaller groups who really are the best equipped to encourage one another, to come alongside one another, to then raise up common leaders with a similar vision that you can go ahead and church plant them out. So we have just been now over the last about six months in conversations with some of the churches that are smaller than that really broad group saying, I think you're in my tribe. I think yep. we, we believe really similar things to one another. And so right now there's, I've kind of got three different groups going. One is with a kind of a bigger church that I was actually an elder at prior to, to going to Minneapolis and coming back to Boise. One's a, a small local SBC church that's just down the street from us that's gone through kind of their ups and downs and difficulties. And then another's with uh, a buddy of mine that I knew growing up that he's already got kind of two or three guys that he relates with. And mm. we're trying to get together. Now, right now, we're getting together about once a month, but our long-term goal is about every other month, knowing reality, but yep. um, that we get together and we're just starting to try to go through that process of saying, is, are you my close brother and brother in this uh, walk of ministry together? How close yep. are we? Yep. Yep. No, that's fantastic. I mean, there's a thousand ways that we should be able to partner with gospel people yep. that are, you know, kingdom good and gospel advanced. But when it comes to planning a church, it's like, it's like, can your daughter and my son get married and we all kind of be one big happy family? That's right. <laughs> you want to right. be, you want to be like super tight on the same page uh, with that's the person right. you're, you're going to marry. So yeah, that's, that's encouraging that you have broad gospel partnerships and I trust that the Lord is blessing and using those, but then Absolutely. maybe a tighter circle of real theological kinship. So yep. just to yep. figure that out. Okay. And monthly, maybe other, every other month when you finally get a rhythm going, I just wanted other folks to hear just kind of how you're thinking about it. I didn't want people to be yeah. overwhelmed by the unknown of thinking, man, Ron must be meeting with these guys like every <laughs> two, every Tuesday and Thursday for four hours. Like, yeah. No, not going to work. No, 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 no pastor that I know of has the time to do that. Amen. Um, and and Amen. so we are not trying to challenge them to do that. No, and you know, we're doing it. I don't know how everyone does it, but you know, our our methodology so far has been to say, I think we have broad agreement on these areas. And we say, yep. 
I don't know about this area. And basically we try to pick on the area that we know might be the weak area in our relationship. Amen. So, so for instance, in one group, we are currently talking through sort of our understanding of the covenants, right? So covenantalism mm-hmm. all the way to dispensationalism and where this group is at and kind of the entailments that yep. that is with another group. I'm talking about the sovereignty of God, because that's kind of the weakness, you know, the difference yep. of our churches. And we, we want to identify, is that a place we can be strong in together? And yep. so we're kind of, that's kind of how we're tackling it. We've, we've, we took out everyone's statement of faith and kind of shared them with each other. And frankly, just the robustness of our statements of faith were so different across the group that they were kind of a hard place to start from. So that's yeah. why we've started by just tackling basically sort of systematic theology type topics and working yep. through them together and seeing where everyone's. Yep. It's, ex- it's almost identical to what the Lord did here in Memphis. I mentioned eight years ago, we started to hmm. gather with, with some brothers that we never knew or really even intended would become a thing that's still going eight years later. But what happened is we got together with people that we knew we were gospel partners and would be mutually encouraged. And then we just said, okay, let's see where this goes. Well, pretty shortly thereafter, long story short, we just took our elder affirmation of faith, the TCT elder affirmation. Mm-hmm. And we just, yep. we just went kind of point by point on the things that we say, okay, are we on the same page here? Are we on the same page there? And then, you know, eight years later, you have a room full of guys who, who are still holding these truths as precious and dear and saying, Let's work together for the advance of the gospel near and far. And I, I think what you're doing is encouraging. But if you, uh, you know, if you avoid all the politically incorrect questions, theologically politically incorrect questions, then then you're never yep. going to find out. So I like the fact you're just going for the jugular, saying, "All right, let let lay it on the <laughs> table, and let's just see where we're we're going to be friends at the end of the day." But are we going right. to have a baby? together <laughs> that's right that's right yeah it's kind of it's let's be dating church church version yeah. you know i mean i remember remember some of the first guys I, I got back together with when i came back some of them were like okay calvinism how many points okay <laughs> predestination like I, they started whipping through like the shortcut version of every conversation and i actually i actually find that most pastors find that kind of enjoyable and especially if you're good natured and aren't really going to get too angry with each other that's it's right. kind of a fun yep discussion to do so well let me just give a kind of a thirty thousand foot view biblical picture of 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 some partnerships i see in the new testament and then i want to just want to ask you about a couple of practical things as we start to land the plane okay so biblically you know you get uh a dozen or more letters of the new testament written to a local church or in the galatian situation a cluster of churches in the galatian region or circular letters that went around or to the you know, Revelation, the, the seven churches of Asia Minor. And so there's this partnership that we see in Acts between Jerusalem and Antioch and the, the sending situation. So in, in the New Testament, we can see that, you know, Paul, John, and Timothy pastored at the church of Ephesus. I mean, what a lineup, you know, but there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of interchange is what I'm trying to say between those New Testament churches. So there's at least a biblical structure, if you will, to intentionality of relationships between churches. All right. So let me just ask a couple of practical things. Um, You're hammering out theology. You're trying to figure out Mm -hmm. how close you are to to being on, you know, the same exact page. And if you're close enough to one another to be able to plant churches together, practically speaking, what do you anticipate coming out of that? Yeah, good question. You know, we we were talking about this kind of one of our 
some of our first conversations were talking about the reality that at any given church at any given time, you tend to have a church that potentially might have people, you know, they've grown by God's grace and they're ready to kind of say, hey, our building's getting maxed out and we don't feel called to buy another building or change locations. You have churches that by God's grace are funded well, you know, they Mm -hmm. have money sitting in the bank and they're saying, Lord, how do we do this? And then you have another kind of church that is raising up leaders well, discipling them into that place. And, and our hope as churches is that we would all get really good at doing that and that we could process through that. But the reality for most small churches is you're usually doing one of those two things really well at any given moment <laughs> that, yeah. you know, by God's grace, you've got a man who's ready. Or, you know, you might just be barely starting, just depending on the process and where you're at. You know, you might have money sitting aside or you just send a bunch of money out or you've grown and not. And so, Our heart is to say, hey, what would the Lord do if we could agree as churches on our theology and our broad methodology and excitement for spreading the gospel through church planting? And if we could agree on what would it look like to raise up someone, Mm -hmm. which just anecdotally, we all think is going to take at least 18 months to two years to raise up someone through discipleship who's ready to go. If we're all working through that process together, would God be so pleased within a group to say, hey, here's a person Here's a group of people and here's some money between this group that we can now all together strategically say, where could we call you and encourage you to go and take the gospel that would be a blessing to our city and maybe even beyond, depending on how God calls. Amen. Well, you just took actually the next question out of my mind. Initially, I know it's Mm -hmm. kind of embryo still, but are you guys or you in particular Mm -hmm. thinking regional focus, Treasure Valley? Are you thinking national focus? Are you thinking global focus? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, well, you know, you always want to be humble in your ambitions. But, um, you know, like I said, when we were talking earlier, at the very least, we're in a very growing metropolis. And so, you know, our city core you know, needs many churches, let alone the couple that are already going. And our broader area is growing at such a pace that I can't imagine that our church planting efforts could be fast enough to keep up with the actual need of the city we're in yeah. because of the way it's growing. But we are blessed to be in a location in the Northwest where it is a, you know, a 30 minute to an hour plane hop anywhere on the West Coast, Denver, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana. Boise, Idaho is kind of this sweet little spot right in the middle of all that. And we're like, we could actually fairly well facilitate people without needing to drive for two days or it's not a five or six hour flight and this really difficult thing to help people. And so we've for sure thought locally and regionally and then. You know, we have a heart for the nations. We want to see Christ exalted in all languages and ethnic groups. And so if God would be pleased to let us do that, we would love to. But we're starting here. We're saying, Boise, we need more. And so let's start with what God would do today. And you mentioned, you know, 18, 24 month is your uh, subjective sense of a rightness on the timeline. Is there anybody already Mm -hmm. in the pipeline in one of those churches or in your church? Good question. Yeah. So we, in our church, uh, no, as we are just getting our feet under us and continuing to stabilize as a, just a new church plant, we are just at the starting edge of raising up leaders and being able to identify people who like, who, if God was to call them to do church planting, we'd be like, oh, that would be something we'd want to encourage you down the road for. But within our group, like I said, we do have some people who are already starting that process. And so the chance to have camaraderie and say, how do we do this together? How do we even pass interns around churches and give them different experiences and let them see the breadth of what God is doing is a, is just a really exciting place to be at the beginning of all this for all these churches we're talking mm-hmm. with and see what God might do yeah, with that. Praise God. Okay. Well, one final question, and then you can add anything else you want to, or I, 
uh, you may know me well enough to know I'll, I'll probably say finally like Paul did in Philippians and then ask you <laughs> three more questions. But uh, so um, what other TCT pastors, for example, who may stumble upon this episode and say, man, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm finding myself with a little discouragement here because Jordan said there's some brothers up in DC and down in Tampa and up in the twin cities and Ryan over there in Boise and, you know, in Memphis, there's, there's something like Ryan's talking about, but uh, I kind of feel like I'm on an Island. Um, There's nothing like this in my backyard that I'm aware of. And I would love to have that kind of fellowship. Where would you encourage that brother to start to try to Mm -hmm. get the ball rolling? Yeah, I, I, you know, what we get asked often, having come from Bethlehem Baptist, the, most people know John Piper from the last, you know, 10 years, 10, 15 mm-hmm. years. And they don't know the John Piper from the 1980s, who spent 15 years trying to get that church from a deacon-led church to an elder-led yeah. church. And I remind guys often here, like, it, it just takes time, right? It takes time to build a relationship. It takes time to engage those things. And just because I've landed back in a city that I was in and I grew up in and had an adult ministry here for 15 years from my twenties to my 35s, doesn't mean that's going to be the same for everyone else. And so I would just encourage brothers to, to start small, find that one other pastor, at least in your area that you feel a camaraderie and a kinship with and start going down the road of saying, how similar are we? How much can we cooperate? How do we build gospel unity together between us first and then even our bodies yeah. second and then, and then see who then God might begin to bring into that yeah. and, and just build with the relationship that God's put already in front yeah. of you. Yeah, very. that's a good word. And I assumed you might go that direction. I just want a brother to hear you say it's worth the time and investment to take the initiative and see where the Lord takes it. Yeah. And I think it would be mutually beneficial um, as well, not only for the purpose of gospel advance. It actually reminded me of yesterday, our group here in Memphis met for the first time since COVID quarantines. And uh, we, we did our mm. in-person meeting. We, we meet eight times a year. So we'll meet four times in the spring, four times in the fall, don't meet in the summer. And uh, it's good. It's always encouraging. But yesterday was so profitable to my soul because in addition to our we just go through books of the Bible and I sign, I sign mm-hmm. huge chunks. So we're, we're taking rapid. We've done the minor prophets. We've done uh, a couple of the mm. gospels. We've various books, but we're now in Ephesians. And so yesterday was Ephesians four. So richly edifying. I could say a lot about that, but I'll just highlight one thing that I, I wasn't really expecting, but was very helped by. And uh, this is a week in our country of yet another tumultuous season. So two, two hurricanes hitting the Gulf Coast. We got a global pandemic and uh, a gut-wrenching uh, heartache. Another national news story of uh, an African-American man being shot by police and, mm-hmm. you know, the surrounding circumstances. I, I, I don't know, but I just know it's heavy. And I know I pastor in a majority minority city and I mm-hmm. grieve for my neighbors. So yesterday... We just spent some time at the beginning trying to help one another think about how to shepherd our people through yet another horrendous week of the news cycle in the U.S. And, oh, by the way, there are atrocities going on in Asia, China, and it's like, oh, Lord, how do we uh, how do we think about these things? So I benefited so much from the care and counsel we got there. And then we just spent some time praying for our city, praying for our churches, praying for our people, praying that the Lord would give us wisdom. And so 
that portion wasn't about, hey, let's go start X number of new churches. It was really about, mm-hmm. you know, just mutual edification and care. And the message that the brother brought from Ephesians was, was absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. you said, I just give a hearty yes and amen to. It's worth the effort in addition to all the massive responsibilities that the Lord's already given us as pastors of a local church mm-hmm. to try to reach out and build relationships with other pastors in our area. Okay, brother, anything else that is in this category or theme that you would like to add? Yeah. The only thing I was thinking about while you were just talking a minute ago was we talking about the blessings of that group is it's, it's not at all a denigration to your relationship with your, your body, with your leadership team to know that relating to other pastors and other church leaders can feed your soul in a, in a distinct yes. way. And, and I think that's something that's sometimes hard to get over. It feels like, oh, am I kind of quasi cheating on my team by going over here and meeting with these other pastors and engaging them. But I think it is, it's got, it's got its unique and special place in the kingdom and how we relate to one another. And especially like we've just been sharing for building up unity in the gospel across Mm -hmm. bodies that just doesn't happen any other way. And so that was something I think even I had to wrestle with a little bit and to think about, is this really a worthwhile place to spend time and effort and energy? And as you pointed out, it's so prevalent across the New Testament, this, this, this camaraderie together for the sake of the gospel across locales, even really great distances in yep. Paul's case, um, that it, it, it does feed a pastor's soul, I think. I think it creates opportunities, unique gospel uh, charities across bodies, and even something that I pray that the community notices in the sense of our unity in what we believe in and treasure Amen. most. Well, I would love to see this Christ-exalting, mutually edifying, gospel-advancing, church-starting uh, grace land everywhere there's a TCT church. So, brother, would you close us by just praying something to that end? that uh, the Lord would work there in Boise, but also beyond where network churches are found. Absolutely. Well, Father, we thank you that you are a God who's on the move and that you have invited us in, just like you brought Adam and Eve into this creation that you, you were making and you asked them to steward and grow and move things forward. Lord, you have called us as pastors to come into this process of equipping and edifying and encouraging your body and helping to take the gospel of Jesus Christ across this entire Mm -hmm. world. And so, Lord, we pray that in the providence of your spirit, that you would be doing that work in Memphis, in Boise, and in everywhere else that there are pastors who are considering, Father, how do I better glorify and honor the name of Jesus Christ? Would one way, would one seed be planted in their hearts and the hearts of brothers around their cities to say, what if our unity in the things that we treasure in Jesus Christ and the glories of God, would we in that find ways to work together and would a watching world Mm. see a good and glorious God and the wonderful grace of Jesus Christ through that? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for the time, my brother. Thanks, Thanks, Jordan. Talk to you soon. 